No, Yara, please. I just want to edit audio, please. It's 4 p.m. Time to get in the booth. No, Yara, no. everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host Alex, but you can call me Senpai. And joining me tonight, we have our czar of source material, John. I I had a bit queued up and I completely forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> hey John, is it too early for this? A little bit. <laughs> uh, and on tonight's episode of the podcast, we have a very, very special guest joining us. Guest, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Yara Naika. I am a professional hentai voice actor, uh, casting director, ADR director, and basically someone who gets their fingers into all things horny. <laughs> you may recognize me from some things such as Itadaki Seiki, Kanojo Kanojo Kanojo, uh, let's see, Fuzzy Lips, um... Yeah, I think those are the kind of the big three for me, but you can hear me in all sorts of various smutty goods out there on the internet. <laughs> Ooh, uh, and as uh, you all out there might have guessed, uh, we have Yada with us tonight to discuss sort of the ins and outs that go into uh, <laughs> hentai. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of puns. I hate it. I hate it here. <laughs> hey, that in. shows like. <laughs> Um, to, to talk about the ins and outs that go into uh, hentai voice acting and probably a little bit of just voice acting in general. Like we had Burger uh, from the Geeks in the City podcast on a couple of months ago, which if you haven't uh, heard that podcast, definitely go give it uh, a listen. But um, he was the one that asked us to uh, get in touch with you, Yara, and like, you know, have Yara on your podcast. You won't you won't regret it. You won't regret it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we talked with him about um sort of the i guess more business side of the um of the voice acting industry um so maybe you yara might have some uh insights on the actual work itself um but uh one thing i did want to mention is uh you recently got a brand new gig i know you can't talk about it too much but what can you say about it So I am currently the casting director for Project Melody, A Nut Between Worlds, which is going to be a super immersive um, RPG uh, with lots of smut, uh, lots of fully rendered characters and interactive hentai scenes. Uh, I will tell you there is currently um, Big Bang Studios does have a Patreon up, and if you do go pledge, you get to play the alphas, and boy are they good. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah i'm currently overseeing now, all casting and audio direction for that um there will be cast lists coming out eventually but those are still a little under lock and key so you'll have to kind of stick around and wait yeah i can't wait i i'm, I'm so looking forward to that game. <laughs> a nut it's between beautiful. worlds i it's love it That's, what, a, what a great subtitle isn't it a nut between worlds like this is the multiverse i want to live in <laughs> uh man i just uh I, so as someone myself who loves Melody to death, 
I you've you've told me that like you've talked to her at least once. What is she actually like? Is she is she as nice as she seems? Yes, she's <laughs> she's super sweet. Honestly, I've been really lucky like getting to work with this crew. I don't get to interact with Melody a lot. She's a very busy robot. Uh, but um, I am super excited for you guys to hear kind of what we're bringing to life over there because she is a consummate professional. A few days ago, I think on her uh, Twitter uh, page, she released like a um i think it was an outtake or something from uh, one of the recording sessions and it was hilarious because i think she actually hits the mic and then she just stays in character the whole time <laughs> you didn't know this yara but we have melody's biggest simp on this podcast i <laughs> am not <laughs> careful there's be someone showing up at your house for that one that's uh, a fightable no. title <laughs> oh man no. i am a proud member of the science team though good the science team is fantastic honestly uh uh god to get her on the podcast one day though oh it's the dream (laughs) (laughs) um all right so actually getting into it with you yara i want to ask like probably the obvious question is how uh how did you actually get into what you do now um both the the voice acting and the the adr direction that you do so i actually never particularly had an a vested or active interest in becoming a voice actor, which I know is like the one thing you never hear from anyone who becomes a voice actor. Um, long story short, I used to live on Long Island and I used to frequent this one comic shop called Escape Pod Comics in Huntington. You should go check them out. They're great. Um, and there used to be this girl who worked across the street at the play and trade and she'd come to the comic shop a lot. And we kind of became friends and uh, y'all might have heard of her. Her name's Brittany Lauda. Um, so we became friends that way, and she was working with Media Blasters, the studio I now work for, um, on things like Holy Night, uh, Queen's Blade Rebellion, things like that. And one day the studio owner approached her and was like, hey, you know, we're interested in doing hentai again. Uh, do you know anyone who'd be interested? And he's like, absolutely not me, but I think <laughs> I know someone. And I was very much known amongst our friends group as like, I'm the one who's always got some crass humor or just something gross and like no boundaries whatsoever. She's like, you seem morally questionable enough. Would you want to do this? I'm like, I have never <laughs> wanted anything more. I didn't even know I wanted this until right this minute. So uh, I went home, recorded a raggedy audition in a basement with a blue snowball, actually. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> Real beautiful. awful, like fingers in the mouth for like BJ like audition. It was a mess. And then I got an email back like, hey, would you like this role? And I'm like, yes. Absolutely, yes. And uh, the rest is sort of history. So I literally, like, I was just known as being the too horny friend, and that's how I ended up here. And I worked with the studio on my first project was Paid and Laid. Um, Then on the second project, they needed more girls. So they're like, hey, do you know anyone who else who might want to do this? And that's when I started taking up a little bit more casting. Um, And then by the time we started getting into later projects, like Fuzzy Lips, I believe, was my first real big one that was, like, a big part was me because uh, I did the direction on that as well because at that point a lot of my femme staff were a little bit more comfortable having a female director like I identify as non-binary but I, an AFAB uh, director so I kind of stepped into that role and it was just a little bit better vibe um, and at that point I was sort of like y'all are stuck with me now and I've been kind of <laughs> Had my fingers in all of the pies ever since. Basically, I kind of walked in and was like, look at me. I am the captain now. And <laughs> nobody resisted. So uh, <laughs> my hostile so, takeover was a complete success. For those of us who don't know, what is an ADR director? What do they do? Like, what, is, what does ADR stand for? Like, 
I hear so, it a lot, so... Yeah, we use that phrase a lot, even on our own podcast, and we never really explain what it... Like, we know because we've been, in, you know, around anime and stuff for a while, but some people might not know what it is. So ADR is automated dialogue replacement. So essentially what that is, is it's a re-recording of an audio line in a booth absent of, like, for example, in live action... Obviously, you know, they're not picking up perfect audio when people are out fighting in a field. So they'll go into a studio afterwards and record the actual dialogue so it's clear and crisp. And then for animation, it's the same thing. Basically, we just kind of go in and we record the lines to match what's happening on screen. Um, Specifically for us, it's, you know, replacing the original dialogue. Or, you know, in case of things like Project Melody, where we're working with all new product, uh, it's it's making it match the tone of the scene, things like that. Just... Making a believable dialogue, like you're really in the room, making it real immersive. Hmm. All right. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, based on what your story was, like, there's obvious benefits to being the horny friend in the group because it can get you a job. You never know where it's going to take you. Let your horny light see, shine. See, my, my, my friends back in the day is like, why are you so horny all the time? You're never going to get anywhere being such a degenerate. It's like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> okay, but I feel like back in the day, being a degenerate was more frowned upon compared to today where, like, people be just like, have you seen the, the freaking um, Ahagel vest stuff? Like, people like, wear that Thought culture grip. has risen. Thought yeah. and, like, degeneracy yes. culture is, like, it's now mainstream. So it's honestly, like, I'm quite happy with it because it definitely was something that was a little bit more, like, voicing hentai was far more taboo when I first started. Like, because, again, it kind of yeah. had a bad rap from, you know, the previous generation, Bible Black. I mean, you think about it, though, like, 30 years ago, voicing anime in general was kind of taboo almost in the voice acting field. Yeah, it was cons- it was looked at as a lesser than capacity. Like, oh, you're not, like, voicing over live action foreign films. Oh, you're not doing something. You're not really acting. It's a cartoon. You're not working for Disney yeah. doing the Lion I feel King. Exactly. <laughs> See, the problem is, like, in Disney films and Pixar films, they get professional Hollywood actors to voice act in their films. And it's like, well, you know, voice acting is acting. Like, I don't understand why people, even in the West today, people still feel like that. Like, oh, a voice actor isn't, like, a real actor. It's like, no, they, they are. <laughs> like, I don't understand what you mean by that. We do the same yeah. amount of work for a fraction of the pay. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Pretty much, yeah. Burger was talking about that. And we, we also talked about how, like, in Japan, anime voice actors are treated like royalty, mm-hmm. whereas here they're treated as an afterthought. Very much so. It, it, I am seeing the needle moving on that, which is really nice. Like, for example, like, Colleen in Sonic was a really, really, gr- really big win. So I was very happy to see things like that. And I think you are going to start seeing more and more, like, actual voice actors taking center stage on animated projects because there's a lot of public outcry from the fan bases who are seeing these things where people are getting replaced with like people who aren't as good uh just regular actors who i don't want to say they don't have the talent but they don't have the training for it and we do put a lot of you know time and training into our skills like we do hone our craft yeah uh do you think that there should be like i mean i know in some like acting colleges there are already but do you think there should be separate there there, that there is a separate skill set for acting versus voice acting and that that should actually be taught so i believe that all voice actors should take acting classes period just it it Mm. it's a better performance all around it gives you a different perspective on things as well um even improv like my lines are always scripted, but I've taken a couple improv classes, and I find that, like, honestly, if I need to make a change on the fly, I benefit from that. Um, I do think, however, it should be one of those almost, like, separate but equal type capacities where it's, you know, start with some electives that are more vocal and audio-based and move in, and then move it into its own tract in, like, 
later programs, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I see where you're going with that. And I, I agree. And Berger said the same thing when we had him on. It's like every voice actor who's very, very serious about what they do should take just general acting classes mm-hmm. because you'd be very surprised, even though you're not in front of a camera or on stage, there's a lot of that that can translate into the, the recording booth. Very much. Like how you hold yourself in a specific, you know, when you're delivering certain lines absolutely impacts things. A lot of people have this like idea that I kind of like just lounge in my chair while I record. And I don't. I shift <laughs> like I stand. I shift my posture to like match my scenes, to match my energies. And it's amazing. Like just understanding basic like self-awareness really kind of improves your overall acting capacity. And that directly translates into your vocal capacity. As voice actors, we do tend to have to oversell things. Um, my running joke is if you really want to learn how to be like a good voice actor, take a wrestling class and learn how to sell the shit out of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Um, if you watch any of like behind the scenes for recording, like even in um, especially for like Japanese studios, when you see the voice actors overseas do it, like it's it's a full body thing. They're all standing up. They're all gesturing out and stuff. And you have to really oversell stuff. So it's again weird that here in the west they're like oh yeah you're all just recording in a little booth and just you know it's easy it's like no what first of all it's hot as hell in that booth uh what is an air conditioner that makes noise yeah no 100 yeah, percent. like <laughs> i love soundproofing rooms but holy man it's not fun yeah i mean it, the, the audio sounds great in a soundproofed room but boy do you not want to be in there for very long no it's brutal. We go through full body workouts. People do not realize that voice acting is a very much a full body workout, especially if you're doing something high energy. Which I, I would imagine that sometimes with the hentai voice acting, you very might much. be doing something that's a little high energy. Very much. And it's the one thing I always kind of equate it to back to the whole like taboo of it. Like I used to play this fun game when I'd guessed at cons. Um, is it 2D wrestling or 3D wrestling? And I would play clips from fighting games alongside with clips of hentai. And challenge people to try and distinguish which one's which. You'd be amazed how hard really that is. That's actually a really good guessing game. So here's the thing. <laughs> if you think the sounds I make are inappropriate, if you cut out everything I do and put it into, like, let's say, like, a Guilty Gear mod, you're not going to be able to tell if it's me. <laughs> like, unless you outright whole, include um... a, like, actual oo-woo. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, it's the same efforts. It's just context. Context is key. Yeah. Well, that just makes right. me think of the whole, like, you ever just, like, watch a tennis match and just, like, not, like... Close your eyes and just listen to a tennis match going on. <laughs> just ignore the sound of nah, the tennis ball. Nah, they haven't sex. They ain't played tennis. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know what this man's hobbies are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. My bit was going to be something about exposing myself or embarrassing myself in front of oh. Yara. That's what it was. <laughs> I thought about it last night. I'm like, oh, that's a great bit because I know I'm going to be stumbling over myself in the presence of the great Yara Nika, But now <laughs> there we go. Embarrassed. <laughs> Check that off the list. <laughs> And Yara didn't even have to say ara ara. Right? I'm very much, I'm, unfortunately, I am far more typecasted in Ulu than in ara ara. Really? I mean, there's actually typecasting for ara ara and Uwu. Well, it is funny because since I'm my own director, most of the time I play myself and typecast myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got nobody to blame. Like, if I'm, like what am I going to do? Send a complaint up? Like, up the chain? Okay, so the first person I would complain to is the casting director. Oh, that's me. Okay, complain to the actual director. Oh, that's me. Complain to the producer. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> Congratulations. I just you pass the note yourself. back and forth across my hands three times and then toss it in the trash. <laughs> and then go right back to Ooh. <laughs> 
Hey, it's almost like working for yourself, though. You have no one to blame but you. Exactly. Uh, so I, there's probably a lot of people out there that might not know all the ins and outs. Again, there's that pun again. <laughs> that go into hentai voice acting. But I'm sure there are some wonderful parts of, of what you do with that. So what are some of the best parts of what you get to do? So one of the things I really love about hentai is a we don't really do we don't do simul dubs so there's never any like real time like hard timeline pressures on making sure everything's exact within like a singular session um, so I can really kind of take the time to have fun and do my own thing be my own person um, also we don't really have you know it's not like we have Toei breathing down our necks uh, they're not going to be like all right this has to be exactly so like I can have fun with my scripts I can make things fun I can make things topical without like really sabotaging everything i keep my scripts accurate but like there's certain terms like the show vampire we recently did um and it was one of the i believe the literal translation was like what are you some like cosplay prostitute i was like so i changed the line to like what are you some sort of like cosplay e-thought because it like <laughs> it topically it fit yeah, um, no, that makes sense. So that I got to include the word thought in a script. I was very proud of that. <laughs> Little <laughs> victories. Um, I mean, like, in Itadaki, they make some comment about, like, how thick her thighs are when she, like, shifts into that chubby mode. So the script got adapted to thick thighs save lives. Um, you know, we get to have a lot more fun with our scripts because, again, there's a lot less pressure on, like, what's the reputation going to be on the show? Like, how's it going to blow back on Japan? Japan doesn't give a fuck about what we do with the hentai, honestly. <laughs> They really don't care. So I've got a lot more freedom. And our characters don't really have a whole lot of story to them. So we can kind of give them our own life and breathe some personality into them. Not like, you know, it's not like a 24-season show where, like, okay, these characters are going to have really tragic backstories down the road. So we have to, like, keep their behaviors within a certain realm. Like, no, I actually have the ability to kind of, like, flesh out my characters and, like, give them some fun. Like, give them something that you really can't do with like really established characters we can play a little more fun and loose with it that's actually really cool especially compared to some of the horror stories you hear with voice actors with you know like mainstream anime productions where the studio from japan is breathing down the next like you've got to get this out at a specific time a specific date like there's no chance to do retakes there's no you got to get it right the first fucking time and you can't hire x y or z because you know like connotations like i have my very set cast list but like ultimately i am allowed complete creative control on what comes out here i keep it faithful i keep it accurate but i also some things just don't translate quite right so i do get to take my liberties mm. uh case in point there's one show that's coming out down the line um and what is the the japanese title something like roughly translates to something about a meat toilet i'm like absolutely not <laughs> Absolutely not on my watch. So I get to play with that and kind of come up with is a this, better title. Is this an isekai? Ugh. A meat toilet to another world. Meat toilet found <laughs> Hanako. Hey, there's an isekai for everything, all. though. There really is, honestly. Uh, isekais are cursed, but you know, I have like they have their place in the world. I feel like just maybe not in mine as much. Fortunately, we don't we don't get actually a ton of isekais here, uh, mostly because we do work with older productions. Yeah, and one thing you mentioned is like um, when you localize uh, scripts, there you sometimes might maybe in that localization you kind of spiced up a little bit, like changing prostitute to e thought was the ex one of the examples that you gave. Is there a fine line or a balance you think between making it too topical versus like 
directly translating it because sometimes you can make it so that it's a nice like reference now but 10 years down the road no one's gonna get it and that is something that i very i spent a lot of time like hemming and hawing over i do my damnedest to keep things as accurate as possible without being dry because a lot of the language in hentai when translated literally is very stiff um there's also some things that while correct technically are really gross um specifically uh meat toilet that's one of them but recently what show was that um pure mellow love i believe was one of them um it was like the girl like the girl's talking about her nipples and she's like you know my nipples look like pencil erasers i'm like yes that is technically correct but i'm not saying that like that no one <laughs> oh that's no so one's hot. Like, that's i am diving to this that, that gets me going though <laughs> right like so you know like we changed it up to like you know my nipples are super hard something something to that effect like it's covers the same thing but like boy howdy the pencil comment was just too much uh she also is like she also said something that very explicit like very literally translated as like a swamp crotch i'm like "Uh -uh, (laughs) uh-uh not today satan so you know what if the purists want to come for me for taking like my pussy is swampy out of a fucking script you know what go ahead go ahead and light the torches i've got a lighter i'll set them up for you like i'm not saying it (laughs) you 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 say you say that but it's very relatable Like, it's, uh, okay. I mean, y- y'all are in Florida, so yeah, that's <laughs> true. Listen, I, John, you've been here too. You know what swamp ass feels like. I fucking listen. Florida is literally the butthole of the U.S. for a reason. Okay, <laughs> all you crazy Floridians, you can come. I at mean, me, if you man. look at it on a map, it's literally the cock of of the United States. <laughs> Yeah, the reason I bring that up about, you know, localization versus direct translation is like, yeah, it can be fun in the moment. But an example I always give about how you can make it too topical is like in it's a mainstream anime, but I use that term loosely. High School of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I love that anime, by the way. Uh, and its English dub is actually really, really good. But a lot of the jokes that they used in the localization, after all the time that's passed, they don't really make it. They're not as funny anymore, and they don't make sense to someone who didn't live through what they're making jokes about. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Like, they make a joke yeah. about Sarah Palin. Like, in the moment, <laughs> yeah, it was funny. What? But, like, it, no one cares now. <laughs> And I'll be honest, in 20 years from now, I'm not going to give a shit about what someone thinks about my ethought joke. Because here's the thing, ethought culture's still on the rise. It's going to be around for a hot yeah, second. I know. But, like, if someone in 20 years is like, I don't get this reference, like, I'm going to be in my mid-50s then. I'll still be voice acting. <laughs> if you think I give a fuck about something I did in my early 30s, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I have news for you. I already cashed enough. that check. Like, what's done is done there, buddy. <laughs> All right. Well, on the flip side of it, what is uh, some of the worst parts of what you do? Uh... Hmm. One of the things that I'm not a huge fan of is, like, people actively trying to find out who I am. Like, so here's a spoiler for anyone. You want the hot goss? If you look at my safe-for-work roles, they're also labeled yada. That's who I am in this industry, period. Um, you can see my, you can see Yada Nika on Akudama Drive, on Kimono Jihin, um, ladies versus butlers, uh, charger, um, charger girls, yeah, no, all of those. My safer work name is still Yada. I don't have another. I don't have a pseudonym. Like that's it. This is who I am in this sphere. So it gets a little interesting watching people try to figure out. And I'll be honest. Occasionally, like I'll lurk on Reddit and see people like really trying to make guesses about who I am. And like some of the ones I've gotten have been absolutely hysterical. Like people have really thought it was Brittany Karbowski. And I'm like, I post pictures of myself on my page. What more do you want from me? 
<laughs> like, at that point, that's on you, buddy. It's like, are you really Colleen? No! <laughs> you know, I've gotten Colleen a few times. I'm like, <laughs> unless Colleen got teal hair and an undercut, I don't think so. Like, I very much, I'm very publicly facing. Like, I've been to cons as me. Like, so it's one of those things, like, I honestly, it doesn't phase me. So one of the hot takes for me is my family knows what I do and they don't care. Like, they're real cool about it. Oh, so, what like, a supportive family, Here's the though. thing. Like, if someone actually does find my legal government name, that's cool. I don't care. Like, it's fine. What are you going to do? T- like, message my dad, and he's like, yeah, it pays their, it pays their bills. Like, <laughs> like and? <laughs> my, I found out recently that my mother watches or listens to our podcast. Oh, Lord. <laughs> like, oh, no. Oh, no. Hello. <laughs> I'm always fearful of people. That's not true. I advertise it to. I I advertise the podcast to coworkers and friends and stuff. But if my family found out what I do, man. <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel any better, the other day for my day job, um, I had to log in for a Zoom meeting, and I absolutely was still logged into my Yara one. I have never changed my name on Zoom so damn quick. <laughs> I absolutely logged in on my Yara Zoom instead of my work Zoom. And I was like, oh shit! They're like, who's that? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. Just glitch in the system. You know, like oh, I don't know. You know, Zoom acts up sometimes. You know how Microsoft is. And like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I feel like that whole thing that like with doxing, which is essentially what you're talking about, is something that a lot of people in the entertainment industry have to deal with. Like, like VTubers especially. Like, people try and dox them constantly. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Like, if because <laughs> online, you know, it's we're supposed to be anonymous online and have pseudonyms and stuff. There used to be a code, right, where it's like you don't refer to your online names in real life stuff like that Mm. that's all gone out the window people don't care about that anymore so there's always this culture of like oh this person who tries to remain mysterious and unknown we got to uncover them dude they're digging for the gold you know what i'm saying and it's Mm. honestly it's quite annoying because like i i what i put out there online for people to see is that's what i'm comfortable with people knowing like any more than that that's just it's an invasion of privacy like let people live their lives (laughs) like just because we do a freaking 18 plus podcast doesn't mean I want you to know where I live. Like, don't show up in my house, please. Or you want unsolicited dick pics? No. Ah, uh, my favorite. <laughs> I actually get very few. You'd be surprised. Most most hentai fans are actually very respectful. Like, it's funny. I've gotten more shit from like the safer work circles than I ever have from like any hentai fans. And I've, knock on wood, have yet to have an unpleasant guest experience IRL at a convention. Probably I mean, because I, I, there's um oh, go ahead, Alex. Well, I was gonna say I, I kind of find that at conventions too, like you know the the booths that sell like hentai and they're actively like you know encouraging you know people who love hentai come over here and, and yeah, and like I shit. love going to Faku's booths, like it's the best. But the, oh, I the love Jacob. He's so there, sweet. The people that are there buying stuff, they're always like in a very orderly line. Mm-hmm. They just shuffle through. They get their shit. They they may ask a couple of questions like, "How much is this? Is can I get you know a uh, bulk thing of this?" It's like, yeah, okay. And then they just they're, they're very pleasant to talk to, and they move on because they all got, have like, post nut clarity. That's why, man. Because I guarantee you, thirty <laughs> minutes before, <laughs> just, just feral, just chewing on the wallpaper in their hotel room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, the worst thing I've ever gotten asked at a booth was, which ones of these are you in so I know which ones to buy? And I, and like, again, oh no, you're spending money. How dare you ask me what question, like, which ones of these I was in? Like, I know what, like, here's the thing. I know what you're doing with my content. I'm cool with that. If I wasn't, I wouldn't be very good at my job and I definitely wouldn't still be in it after almost a decade. So 
it's cool. Like, you can ask questions. Like, the only thing that gets a little weird is like, when you ask, like, are you this person? I'm like, do I fucking look like this person? <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I, I, maybe, maybe it's like, like crossing the line, but I feel like if, if you're being told that, hey, I heard you in this hentai, it was good, I fabbed, it's like, I did my job. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, thank you, very cool. Like, I'm glad you had a good time. You want some more? Because I can give you some recommendations. Like, I can tell you which ones I really liked doing. And if you liked X voice, I can tell you which ones are really similar. Or like, if you liked X trope, like, if you liked Kanajo, Oshiete, or Made to Please, really good, really similar vein. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's very good. Even though, even though my co-star, like, very jokingly referred to me as a squeaky toy in that. <laughs> he was like you sound, I can't unhear it, it sounds like a dog toy being chewed on I'm like yeah I can't yeah. unhear it oh no <laughs> yeah Akari is very like eh. <laughs> uh, I guess since you brought it up you know going to conventions and stuff like I'm sure you've had a couple of interesting experiences but in your like professional life and with what you do are there any artistic lines that you wouldn't cross if you were asked to do them uh i won't do certain like anything that's like hard illegal specifically i won't do uh i won't do lollycon i won't do anything with shoda uh i don't do bestiality stuff obviously um anything is like hard lines like that i don't play with um honestly i just try not to be a shitty person like i don't do anything racial i don't do anything like real kind of, I don't do like the real gross stuff like that but as far as like normal stuff it's just like okay you got a weird kink like nah that's cool like again I voiced a foot job like y'all have seen the infamous Conajo foot job that's me um, yes I have many times <laughs> uh, like armpit stuff it like here's the thing I don't have to be into something to voice it and here's the thing if I know someone's enjoying my work I'm enjoying what I'm doing so um that's what happens when you have a praise kink <laughs> I, I feel like you're just ruining the whole image of, like, hentai as an industry. Like, what? It's just a job? It's normal? Like, what the We're heck? all real cool. And here's the thing. We are all, like, the chillest people you will ever meet. Like, we're all so laid back all the time. Um, and here's the thing. You'd be amazed at some of the names that come through my booth. I will never give names out, but, like, there's some real interesting names that come through and sit in my studio. Or people that approach me in DMs, like, hey... I'd love to do this because some actors like to do it to blow off steam, honestly, because it's fun. It's something different. It's something where you get to be free. So, uh, you know, and at the end of the day, it's called acting for exactly. a reason. My favorite question. Are you like actually having sex in the booth? I'm like, buddy, <laughs> no normal woman sounds like this during sex. I'm sorry. Oof. Yeah, I, I feel like if, if if your woman sounded like that during sex, you might want to take her to the hospital. Like, that's the thing. I like I Stabbing have such a, a love hate feel for like uwu culture because of that. Like, is that what you really sound like, bitch? <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Like, well, you got to understand that a lot of the consumers of this type of product need to go touch grass, right? Yes, like, some of them do. Touch some grass, eat ass. <laughs> Maybe not in that order. Well. Please keep your grassy fingers away from my butthole. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah like every, every artist, whether you're talking about a voice actor, like a digital artist, or, or whatever, I think they always have those lines that they won't cross. And it's something I always like to ask artists, because every artist is different. Um there's some, I'm sure there's, well, obviously there are some because there are, the, you mentioned like Loli and, and Shota stuff. Like there are obviously voice actors that have no qualms about that. Mm -hmm. um, we talked to, to Berger and he said that one of the few lines that he won't cross is he will never do any kind of voiceover we, where he is being asked to um, like sell or market cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> um, because it's just something that he is not comfortable doing. And it's like, yeah, it, it's just, for me, it's interesting to hear that because everyone is very, very different in that regard. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, my lines are usually mostly, like, legality or, like, really moral stuff. Like, those are my really only big ones. Like, I absolutely will not touch anything racially related with a 10-foot pole. Which, that, 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 I have to ask, that. How do you feel about the English dub of Ghost Stories? Ghost Stories is a product of a very different generation. Um, <laughs> it, it is. It is I, one I, of those I things this, that, like, if you you cannot view it through a modern lens. No, I say this all the time. A lot of the people in that English dub would cancel themselves today for making it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the beauties of that. I feel like it is really a product of, like, where we were versus where we are. Yeah, so, um, it's it's still funny in my mind. A lot of it is still insanely funny. I still enjoy um, ghost stories. I still absolutely um, enjoy it. Like again, as, as a queer person, I can I can laugh at all the, like the homosexual jokes and that. Like I absolutely I cut up every time they start making fun of gay people. Like <laughs> I'm allowed to laugh at these things. <laughs> yeah, and the like the comical portrayal of a Christian woman. <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's very satirical, and if you're viewing it. I think one of the most important things to remember, like, while, you know, all of us do have our moral lines, it's a character. We do not always espouse our character's views. Like, I voiced a character who's an evil doctor who, like, you know, slips pills to women that cause body changes and then molests them. Does that mean I espouse medical torture and molesting women? No, I do not. But it's a fantasy. (laughs) Got a little bit of that Bill Cosby syndrome, huh? (laughs) Yikes. Mm. I mean, that's, that's also, if you've ever seen the Kana Joe bloopers, there is a very distinct Bill Cosby reference in one of them. Like, man, that aged, like, Oof. milk. That's something I really wish that, like, because getting physical copies of hentai used to be crazy difficult. It, it's getting better now. <laughs> right um, stuff. Yes. Uh, but... I really wish that there would be actual bloopers, I, in both on the Japanese side and the, the the English dub side. I really wish they would include more bloopers in it, because some of them are hysterical. Allow me to plug, once again, Made to Please. Uh, there is a blooper reel, and it is good. Mm. I actually just wish that anime in general would start doing that. Just add blooper reels, please. Please just add blooper reels to everything. And it's sad because, again, people take, again, that desire to, like, get into everything and just, like, cause problems for, like, actual, like, quote-unquote celebrities. Mm-hmm. Like, the Dragon Ball Z bloopers leak. Like, we can't have shit because of people acting up with that. Yeah. Like, that's why they don't do bloopers from, like, Funimation Crunchyroll. Like, there's too much risk of, like, it being seen poorly and... That the Japanese company's putting a hard stop to that. Fortunately, which, again, which is a shame because I'm the, left a, the FMA bloopers, <laughs> the the FMA bloopers are hysterical. Mm-hmm. Which is why I appreciate that I'm left to run so free and so wild. Like I get to make blooper reels. I don't always do it, but if there's something good, I'll take mm. it and I'll run with it. And I mean, again, even on Made to Please, uh, there's one scene where I was like, I saw this scene and my brain rot immediately kicked in. I'm like, why is he holding her like an airplane? So I messaged my male voice actor. I'm like, hey. You want to be part of a fucking blooper skit with me? And he's like, yes. <laughs> so that's why we had that whole scene where it's like, I was like, no, master, I don't want to play airplane anymore. And, he, and then he starts making airplane noises as he's like winging her around. It's like the funniest thing. But we're allowed to have fun. And like, that's one of those things that I guess that also falls very soundly to that, again, back into that best part of my job. Hmm. Um, so of, of all the things that you have worked on thus far, uh, not counting what you're doing with Project Melody, because um, I'm sure that'll turn out fantastic. 
<laughs> um, what work of yours are you most proud of? So everyone immediately has an, has an assumption on this answer, and they are incorrect. It is Fuzzy Lips. I had so much fun with Fuzzy Lips. Like, that one was, like, I love I love Cone. I actually have her figure. Um, I have a body pillow of her. I've got, like, the whole works of her. I have, like, a whole shrine to my, my baby girl. But um, that was also... That one was my first uh, true directorial debut, so I have a really a lot of fond memories of that show. Is that why you're so proud of it? Because it was your directorial debut? Or is that part of it, maybe? I mean, I'm proud of it because it came out banging. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair It came enough. out fucking sensational, but yeah, it, it has a lot of sentimentality to it, and like... You know, as much as I'll turn around, like, and say about things, you know, it's just porn. Like, I do get very attached to my characters. I get attached to the shows I work on. Even if I don't love their content, I love something about them. So, I, I'm a very sentimental person. I feel like some some voice actors get that way, too. Especially if it's a character they portray for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, like, fucking, uh, what's her name? Uh, Miley Flanagan, who has been the English voice of Naruto forever. Um, she's, like, incredibly devoted to that character. <laughs> You have to be, like, because you get to grow along with them and you get to follow their stories. My characters, I get maybe an hour of, like, actual screen time with them, but, like, I get to go on a journey with them. It may be an absolutely batshit insane one, but we go on a journey with these characters, and we get to actually, like, immerse ourselves in them for just even a little while. It's hard not to have some level of connection. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, so <laughs> spe- we were talking about Burger before. I was told by him that one of the things we have to absolutely ask you is, you know, why the you know stories about Bible Black's <laughs> English dub and why it's so horrendously bad. <laughs> so Bible Black was very, very outsourced. Um, our main studio did not do this. It's also before my time, so I will put that disclaimer out there as well. Um, but a lot of the people who worked on it were actually um, porn stars who uh, English is their second language, So, which is why we get some of that stilted. Uh, I also believe that was the case for some of the script writing as well, which is why we get some really awkward lines, like, you know, cluck like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Magok. It's so good. Cluck like a chicken is so good. Like, And that's the thing, is like, it... <sighs> Bible Black was a phenomena that we'll never be able to recreate because it it really horseshoed itself around in like it's almost ghost stories level except the difference is ghost stories is ironic Bible Black is so painfully unironic it's just bad and that's it kind of endearing it's like you know when you see like a really ugly dog on Instagram and you're like holy shit you know, it, it's kind of cute if you squint a little. Like, that's, it's so bad. It's like, you know what, this is actually, like, it's so bad, it still has merit and entertainment value. It's uh, like we, the room. We, yeah, we really, like, slingshotted that. But look, do you understand what I would do if I could get Tommy Wiseau to do a show for me? <laughs> I would love, I would, oh, I would pay thousands. I would sell my thousands. soul for that, honestly. Like, you know what? Like, I will forsake my own paycheck for this, please. Johnny Wiseau in I'd just like to get Johnny Wiseau in just anime voice acting in general. It I feel like he'd be so, so good. good. Did you just say Johnny Wiseau? Did you? What? I, I swear Tommy? he just said Johnny instead I of Tommy. I was looking at your name when I said that, John. Rip? I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, was Tommy like, Wiseau. Now, Wait, like, now he's going to hear this and he's never going to work with me. Yeah, again. exactly. I can't believe it. <laughs> I was looking. No, I saw John's name when I said it. I just like, Johnny, John, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy was so. Oh, I me. can't believe you do this. Hi, Mark. <laughs> oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, hi, Mark. <laughs> Could you imagine just like put him in a yowie as soon as like the boulder pops up? Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, now, can you imagine if that's the actual name he gives to his cock, though? I will. I don't care what the character's name was originally. It's Mark now. It's like one of those really angle-sized names. Like their name is like Matsukata Mark. You know you. Talk, you know, you sp- speak about like the the reason the Bible Black is is so bad, like. But if you look at anime like dubs from back in like the eighties, seventies, eighties, early nineties, some of those were terrible too. And a lot of the reason is like, well, I won't say the only reason, but a big reason is because some of those really early English dubs they didn't hire like people who had any kind of voice acting work. The amount uh, of people who were like in studio workers for other shit, they're like, get in the booth. Like, and yeah. I'll admit, I'm guilty of that occasionally. Like, if I need like one line of a background crowd thing, I'll evil eye my my engineer, be like, get your ass in that booth. Like, I don't <laughs> want. I'm like, get in there. Okay. <laughs> no, Yara, please. I just want to edit audio, please. <laughs> it's 4 p.m. Time to get in the booth. No, Yara, no. <laughs> <laughs> don't turn me into Marketable Walla. <laughs> Um, but no, like there were some of those old uh, anime English dubs where they would actually hire um, like radio DJs to do it. And I'm like, they have no acting experience whatsoever. What makes you think they can voice act? It's honestly, it's really incredible. Oh, man. Now I just want Tommy Wiseau and Hentai, though. Right? We really need to make this happen. No. Like, what? Starting Do a GoFundMe not... for this. Yes, we're starting a GoFundMe of Patreon. I, I hate all Please. of this. Please don't. Just OnlyFans. <laughs> like, I, will, I will sell like custom clips until wait, I can wait. afford them. Is Tommy like, Wiseau on Cameo? He might be on Cameo. Yes, I think he is. So you might be able to... You know what? I'll just pay line by line until I get the show done. It's gonna take me five years, but I'm doing it. Like all of my all my funds from all of my commissions and gigs. Like here you go. Just Tommy, take my money. Just line by line, this bitch. He'd probably do it honestly if I actually like nutted up and I, I asked him. He'd probably be like, ha, 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 what a story. Sure. <laughs> I could see that though. Uh, so one question I, I definitely wanted to ask is because uh, we asked Burger this too about like the amount of hours that you're expected to put in uh, to the work that you do, and like if you're, I guess if you're talking about like a 12, 24, 36 episode anime, obviously you're expected to put in more work than say something like a a three episode OVA. But how many hours would you say in general do you spend? Uh, on voice work for, like, say, a main character in a in a hentai production um, for, like, a single episode OVA or maybe, like, a two-episode OVA. Y'all think I leave my booth ever? I live in there. <laughs> you just live in there? I do. Like, I have... I can just sleep under my desk. It's fine. Uh, no, for... I'm actually... I am painfully efficient. Uh, most OVAs are about 28, ep- 28 minutes long. My character will probably be on screen for like a third to a half of that. I can bang out an episode in about an hour um, efficiently. Bang, there's another good pun. Yep. Just- uh- <laughs> so two hours maybe on a show. Like if it's something I'm really putting a little extra time and, you know, zhuzh into, like I could take up to four hours to f- bang out a whole show. But I, they're generally a one-day affair for me. When I first started, it was like eight hours for an episode because it was like retakes and like, all right, calm down. Like this is not that serious. Like stop stressing. Um but yeah, no, I'm, I've gotten really efficient at it. Um, usually maybe half an hour for like other things that I'm working on as far as like episode stuff. Cause I'll do like bit rolls. It's for most people, like it's pretty common to be a few hours. I've just, I've been doing this for so goddamn long. Uh, <laughs> uh, games tend to take me a little bit longer. I'll take like, um, I worked on a game called Draconic Date, which is like a VN, um, spinoff 
from Magical Life is Academy. That one took me about five hours to do, like, maybe 90 minutes worth of content. Just because it was, it was very different because I didn't have, I didn't have pre-existing guidelines to work off of. I just had a script. So I kind of, you know, made sure I took a few different takes, see what they really liked, you know. Just because it's something that's a little bit more unrestricted because it doesn't have animation to it it doesn't have hard lines and like mouth movements I need to fit this I need to fit this emotion into this particular mouth space for like three seconds so it kind of gives you a little bit of a different perspective there games definitely take a lot longer hmm. okay and I I assume that you don't only do like stuff that's you know like dubbing hentai you also do like gig work that you know like commission work too as well some um, so I'm, I'm assuming that that kind of work is, is variable depending on what you're being commissioned to do. Very much. I don't do, so I'm really weird about my commissions. Um, I'm super, because I fall into like this weird space where I'm not quite indie, not quite like, like fully structured professional. So I fall into this kind of sweet space in between like where I'll do, like I will be happily voice OCs. I'll voice things that aren't the IPs of something. I have no problems doing that. Or if it's like, if the owner of an IP approaches me, I'm fine with that, but I won't do fan dubbing. I won't do anything like that. Um, so with those, I usually take the time to really sit down with my client beforehand. Be like, all right, let's talk about this. You've heard, here's my portfolio. What were you thinking for this? Tell me a little bit. And I like to kind of like pick their brains a little bit to kind of get a vibe for the character before I ever, uh, ever attempt a single line. Mm. Right. Kind of answers our next question. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it was the man I was going to ask. Like, so a lot of voice actors do uh, are like participating in the whole gig voice acting like industry, you know, like on Fiverr or, or what have you. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have any particular thoughts on whether you think that's a good thing, bad thing, neutral? Whatever makes you your money. Um, I am very much one of those people like I advise extreme caution, like for people who consider themselves quote unquote aspiring VAs. Uh, don't do fan dubs, please. Like if you're doing it for fun, like in private amongst your friends as practice, that's cool. Do not do not put that on a professional portfolio. Please, <laughs> please do not send me your best Vegeta impression. I don't want that and I will not hire you. Um, it's funny you mentioned that. I honestly, I'm all for gigs. I'm all for gig culture. When I, times are hard and whatever we gotta do to make our money. Yeah. But like, just be aware of how that's going to impact you potentially in the well, And also, don't be afraid to turn a gig down, too, because sometimes you could be voicing something. Oh, I'll say no like that. Yeah, sometimes you could be voicing something that, you know, be aware of where your voice is going to end up, I think, because that was what mm -hmm. Berger said. Like, like always be aware when you're taking a commission where your voice is going to end up because you could be, it, out of context, whatever you're being told to say could sound fine, but in a specific context, it can sound terrible. Exactly. And I'm also very, uh, one of my other hard lines we were talking about, like morality earlier. I don't do NFTs. Fuck Yeah, em. fuck NFTs. Fuck you, NFT bros. <laughs> nice fucking titties. They're only NFTs That's I'm right. about. <laughs> and anime is chock full of them. Exactly. Yeah, I guess this would be a bad time to tell you about our new uh, fen tokens <laughs> and fen, fen oh. F NFTs that I've minted well, on I'm the ahead block. Of <laughs> <laughs> our new sponsor, what Ethereum. Ubu coin isn't a thing. E, I guess I shouldn't have did that. Whoops. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah, context is key. I'm I'm also super leery of like selling voice packs or things like that. A lot of not safe for work uh, VAs will sell voice packs of like moans and things like that. And I think it's a really great option for both them to make some quick money and also for like indie devs who don't really have the budget to really hire for a full personalized mm -hmm. performance. 
but you also have to be careful of where your stuff's gonna end up because the worst thing is is like when someone puts your like stuff to something really questionable and then is like sounds by at yeah like you got to be really careful on the internet because people are gross <laughs> for all you know you're just like you could just be saying something like hey that's pretty cool and then it's just you you're the character you're supposedly voicing just next to a auschwitz and of like oh no <laughs> yeah, yeah it's context is such a thing like that's why i'm very particular about like i don't really take gigs per se like the only thing i really do is like on my live streams i'll do like once in a while i'll set up like all right you you tip x amount i'll do a custom voice clip of x character saying why but it stays very within like i'm also super paranoid to begin with so like (laughs) i'm real weird about the things i'll say and like what i'll do i'm very strict and some people think i'm a killjoy but you gotta cover your own ass yeah i i 100 get it especially in this day and time listen people cancel you about having a thought about having a thought (laughs) i mean to be fair you should probably let them out of the basement yeah you should um at least every five days Please let your thoughts get some grass. <laughs> I know it's something that a lot of people are doing. And yeah, sometimes the money can be good, especially if you get hooked up with someone who's doing like a long term project and they just like like an independent project that they just want a voice for like a character or maybe even just some voiceover for like um, a narration, like an opening narration, beginning or ending narration. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is something I think you got to be be leery on, especially if you're, you know, new to the industry so to speak, because people can take advantage of that. I'm in a fortunate enough position. I do not have to take projects to live. Mm-hmm. Like, I can I can ch- pick and choose what I want to do. And I don't want to ever do anything that I'm not passionate about. So I will really take that time to, like, vet my people and find out more about their project. Because I want, I want to be excited about what I'm working on. Um, you know, a lot of time I'll work with mutual friends. Um, I'll either skills trade or they'll pay me, whatever. But it's people I trust. Um, when I was approached for Draconic Date, like, I took the time, like, before I said yes, I actually went and played their first game just to make sure it was something I was above board with. Um, so take the time to know your client because, A, you're going to be more excited about what you're working on because you know what their content is. And B, like, you have a better feel for who they are. Um, I have also no problem saying no to someone. If I, if even the slightest thing is off, I'm like, no thanks. And, you know, if it's something I think maybe is more of a friend's wheelhouse, I'll absolutely recommend someone else who's maybe, you know, like, more in line with what they're looking for. Um, I'm not a huge fan of doing stuff like scat, but I know people who are. Like, who are willing to do it more regularly than I am. Like, you go talk to this person. I'm good. But honestly, knowing your own self-worth and, like, your product's not going to be as good if you're not enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And it, it's great to have it's, it's great to have that circle of friends. It's like, okay, I don't want to take this job, but I have this friend who might do it. <laughs> I have the scat friend. I have the water sports friend. I have the shame mm-hmm. and, like, fendom friend. It's extra funny because, unfortunately, I am the piss friend. Like, I don't even enjoy it. It's just become a thing. Um for the longest time, my nickname in my circle of VA friends was PP Chan because I kept ended up like I kept ending up voicing characters that pissed themselves. It wasn't even intentional; it just kept happening. <laughs> <laughs> my God, I've pissed like, myself again. Whatever shall I do? Like Charger Girls, uh, I voice a magical girl who pisses herself somehow in every single fucking episode. I'm like, what? <laughs> so and thus, PP Chan was born. Uh, so. That's what you'll see me. All right, for the record, for anyone who follows my Twitter, all the piss jokes I make, they are, in fact, jokes. I promise. Like, I don't actually care for water sports. It's just, like, 
look how hard I could piss. It's like I'm frying chicken. It's funny, okay? <laughs> just, it just reminds Yar, me of keep, the, the stream. You keep I was... lifting the veil. Stop it. The internet match is going away. It just reminds me of the stream I was watching with what Crazy Ali, the VTuber. It's like she comes back from a, a, a bathroom break. It's like, I peed like a charge rifle. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hey, guys, watch how hard I can piss. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, <laughs> I completely lost track of where I was here. On that fantastic note. <laughs> um, something that's happening a lot in, in the anime space uh, over the last couple of years is this increasing like prevalence of what mm. I've just kind of termed mainstream hentai. Mm. I, I don't know if that's really the word for it. But it's it's the <laughs> I don't oh I got opinions I got it's, so it's many the be, it's the best it's the best phrase that I can think of for it but I'm talking about like uh, anime like interspecies reviewers or redo of healer or <laughs> uh, worlds in harem or what's the one that's coming out this summer season that John said he's gonna watch um, world I'm watching one this summer labyrinth uh, oh labyrinth in another world yeah yeah the one that's straight <laughs> up just like hentai but like manga form <laughs> wait. Wait, is that the is that the really hot isekai one with the guy with the fangs? No, wait, that one's they're not actually making anime out of. Never mind. Um, I'm sorry, I'm very excited about that one, and I wish they'd animate that fully. But yeah, what are your thoughts uh, about recently... the increasing like uh, prevalence of this in mainstream Woo! anime culture? All right, guys, put on your oven mitts for this fucking skull. Oh, here we go. Oh, jeez. Uh, I think Funimation needs to mind their own fucking business. <laughs> Damn, oh. shots fired. Uh, yeah. Here's the th- so one of the dangers of simul dubbing, like. I mentioned earlier is you don't know what's coming and Literally. here's the thing interspecies reviewers they knew they knew that was going to continue to push further and further um i don't think they should have ever touched it i think they should have left that one the fuck alone uh because if the thing is if you're going to do something like that either commit to it or just leave the thing it. that bugged me about uh, it is that how hypocritical it was because funimation a few years ago took on a uh anime called um oh god what was it it was back in 2016 or 2015 um those are dark times. I know, right? <laughs> um, anyway, the premise of the show was, it was like a Maho Shoujo-esque show, but the way that the girls activated their powers was they had to give themselves orgasms. Oh, was that? I, I know which one you're talking about, the jewel one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot yeah. remember yeah, for the yeah, life yeah. of me what it was. I don't remember well, the name. there's also, like, um, super, uh, that Super HX Arrows. Hmm. That one just came out not that long ago. That one's real but similar. But it's super, hypo- it's it's super just... hypocritical on Funimation's part because of, like, like you you were willing to do this. Why not interspecies reviewers? You knew what you were getting into. So I sort of have an answer there from what I can speculate. It, I think it was truly less a thing on Funimation, and it was very much a thing on their payment providers because mm-hmm. payment providers are fucking puritanical. Holy shit. Yeah, um, Visa MasterCard. Ooh, it's but, like they live in the 1750s. Yep, and, and PayPal. They're all atrocious. So I can understand, like, the fear of becoming, like, going out of compliance with their um, with their standards. So I get it. I just don't think it should have ever been touched in the first place. They should have left that alone or left that to someone who was going to, like, who's more more comfortable in that wheelhouse so like sentai mm-hmm. for example uh, i feel like sentai would have been a better fit for them or you know us uh i'm not gonna comment on that state of things but just know that i tried Sent- sentai I really did, did pick up redo of healer i have a lot of opinions about redo of healer and none of them are good <laughs> um, well, <laughs> well good because it's a bad i mean show, it's, but... it's a bad show but i mean it does fall into this like same wheelhouse yeah so here's the thing interspecies reviewers fun sex positive a great time 
Redo of Healer is just rape porn. It's just torture porn. That's all it is. It's not, like, there's nothing good or redeeming about it. And I'm very much a, like, even if you do have, like, rape, like, rapey content within a show, ultimately, like, you're watching things to feel good. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with someone who's like, you know what? This show made me feel good. That's not really someone I run, want Alex. to really close run, to. Yeah, run, run, Alex, run. <laughs> like, if you had a great time, like, when he takes that fire poker and the screen cuts, if that's what does it for you, please, I need you to stay about 100 feet away from me. <laughs> the, only, yes. the only thing I will say I did like about Redo Healer was one of the character designs was kind of cute. Oh, the character designs were great. The animation, beautiful. Like, that's what infuriates me is, like, this was such a high-quality production for such... Tripe. And so was I mean so was Interspecies reviewers like you don't ha- we so uh, every every year on this podcast we do a yearly award show and we came so close and I mean so close to giving Interspecies reviewers anime of the year the year it came out it lost out to um uh, Great Pretender but like it came mm-hmm. so so close to beginning our anime of the year and it was a great show Interspecies reviewers was fantastic like I the people who are on the cast that I know I absolutely adore I thought it was fun it was lighthearted it was never like it was never more like it never tried to be anything beyond what it was like it was silly it was a goofy topic it literally like, it, had it, it was the a YMCA fun show. as the opening they did. Like, what did you think was literally the opening. <laughs> it like it was super good um so my thing is like if you're going to if you're going to be about it, be about it. Full send or don't even put it in the drafts. I, I agree. Um, like, it's, as a I producer, work too fucking sure. hard. I work too fucking hard to try and bring, like, a positive light to hentai to be set back to the dark ages by bullshit like this. And let me tell you, the amount of emails I got when both of those shows came out, like, when they were first announced, my inbox, I couldn't see the bottom of it for, like, weeks. <laughs> Did you see the shows coming out? You guys should like leave me alone. I yes, I saw it. I've seen it. I've seen no less than two thousand fucking emails about this. Please, I haven't seen my family in weeks. <laughs> I'm just trying to clear out my Gmail. But um, no, I I I like the aspect of these things becoming more socially acceptable. But the greedy business person in me is like, no, no, y'all need to stay the fuck out of my realm. Like this is this is what I do. Leave this shit to the professionals. I'm fine with extreme edgy. I really am. But if you're going to start something and quit halfway through. Hell, not even halfway through. Three episodes in. It was disgusting. And, like, the fact that it took so long for it to find a home. And, honestly, I will. I love right stuff. I do. Nothing but love for them. I feel like that was a really missed opportunity for their critical mass label to not continue that dub. Because I know for a fact the few people who did openly admit they worked on it would have happily put them in touch with the rest of the cast again. And they could have continued that dub. They didn't need, like, they could have sublet out the studio. Like, there are plenty of, there are plenty of people who I work with. Hell, I would have happily worked on that shit. But they could have picked up and continued that and really made something great. It's the fact that they just kind of copped out and were like, ah, we're just going to release the subs. I'm a little disappointed by that. And they're a porn stream. They're a porn ca- At title. the very least, though, they did give it a physical release in the West, which is more than I ever thought it would get. And I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I just feel like they could have, like, if you're going to do it, me personally, as a business person, I would have capitalized oh, on that fucking scandal and the attention. I would have finished that dub, and they would have made so much more. Oh, me money. too. Especially considering uh, how like good the show itself is. I, and I will say also, uh, good on right stuff for uh, uh, embracing the fact of you know what it actually is. Because if you buy it on right stuff, the physical release, it is sixty nine dollars and sixty nine cents. Nice. <laughs> right stuff has always been very sex positive and they've always done right by us because that's where we sell all of our content yeah. to. Um 
So I, 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 I'm very happy that this is like becoming more of a mainstream thing. Um, it is kind of sad that when we get, while these shows are actually airing, typically we're seeing, at least on the streaming services that do pick them up, we're seeing heavily censored versions of them, and we have to wait for the physical releases to come out to see the uncensored versions, or, you know, sail the high seas, which, you know, you shouldn't do. But I'm, I think it's going in a generally positive direction. I do agree with you, though, Yara, that, like, the right companies should be the ones that are licensing these things, the ones that want to do it. Exactly. Like, that's my biggest thing is, like, again, if you're going to be about it, full send. Just do it. Like, just commit to it. Don't. Because it's not fair to anybody involved. Because, like, you know that sucks for a voice actor. Like, we love our jobs. Like, you, no matter how goofy a role is, like, it still sucks to have that stripped away. Just find out, like, oh, yeah, we're not working on this anymore. This was your last session. Like, that's devastating. Yeah. I mean, not even just the voice actors. It's the, the crew working on it, too, lost the job. Yeah. We, like... We all suffer from that sort of thing, which is honestly why I like working on already finished products. Like, I know what I'm getting into. Mm. Uh, I know exactly. I know exactly what I'm about, son. Yeah. Um. So kind of going into the whole crew thing. So you've done ADR directing. You've also done casting direction as well now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious on the directing side, like what kind of um, direction do you like to give? And like as a voice actor, what kind of direction do audio directors tend to give you? So I very rarely get to work with other directors these days. I am mostly a, I'm a bit of a neat lately. Um, (laughs) But I really like honestly kind of being given freedom. Like I will be given like, okay, this is your context. Watch the scene. Go nuts. Um, I'm very much a less is more. And then like afterwards, like, okay, Let's try it a little different. Let's try doing this. Like, let's take this approach. Like, that's cool. I don't like micromanaging. Um, I also try to direct that same way. But I also, I I tend to keep a pretty tight-knit circle on my VAs. And I'm also personally friends with all of my VAs. I won't work with someone who I can't vibe with. Um, so, that being said, I know their types. Some of them like to have their hand held. Some of them like to be spoon-fed, like... A little bit more about what you know how they should deliver a line some of them just like to be left alone some of my vas i'm just like all right here's your script here's the raw video uh turn that in the next two weeks thank you love you <laughs> some of them i just that's me most I'm, of the time because i don't I get directed much i'm days. sure you also maybe take into account just how long they've been in the industry like if someone's relatively new that you're directing you're going to go a little easier on them yeah i tend to be a little more handholdy with that um fortunately again most of my crew like you'll see the same like like you'll see the same dozen names roll through my studio they're all they're all very well established they know my standards really well uh that's one of the nice things like when you have a certain team i hate using corporate bullshit talk but we have a really good synergy amongst my I did, and it's true, because we do have a, we have a really good vibe among my team, like, I know who sounds well working off of each other, um, and I can pretty much, like, when I watch something, I can see, like, okay, I know these two, I know these two will pair off really I, I feel well like that this. word synergy was invented by committee, it had to have been. <laughs> it sounds so- It's awful. It's like, it's like the word moist. No one likes really? saying it, but we do. I, it doesn't phase me that much, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Just because I, I don't even care about the word. It's the connotation, like just being damp and tacky and just. <laughs> okay, so no, how would you, you describe a nice moist cake without using moist? Then I don't understand. Savory, <laughs> luscious. No. Okay, well, that, but that doesn't mean moist. Like you know, sometimes it doesn't need mean- to. <laughs> the ca- a cake isn't actually physically damp. So what's your point? <laughs> 
Oh. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying, too. Like, it is a luscious cake. Mm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking of what a luscious cake looks like. Yeah, like, I... Uh, I mean, if you go on Pornhub, you can see plenty of <laughs> If you if you go on our Minecraft server, John has a luscious cake too now. Mm, mm, the delicious oh. pixelated booty meat. Uh, that was given to uh, your uh, statue, John, by Frog Chap, so you can thank her next time you talk to her. <laughs> we love Sarah. <laughs> she, she she gave your model or your statue in our Minecraft server a giant ass. Good. Just give it the absolute, the just mightiest yeeks. <laughs> she said he, she said she wanted it to look like he was caked up for a Saturday night. Yikes. Double-cheeked up on a Tuesday for what? <laughs> um, so, uh, knowing, like, what you know about your industry now uh, and, and all the things that you have gone through, what kind of advice would you give, A, your past self, and B, anyone that is wanting to get into this industry, either as a, a VA or as um, maybe a director or uh, in casting? So it's really hard because we are a very small industry in the West. Uh, there's, uh, let's It's getting see. bigger, though. Me. For actual licensed hentai that's not like the weird, like, like normal show with a little bit of porn thrown in, there's really, there's one studio. I will say, though, network. Network the same way you do with regular VAs. Don't be pretentious. Don't. Please don't roll up in a casting director's vo- inbox and be like, hey, you should hire me. <laughs> not saying that has happened, but hypothetically i may have blacklisted several people for that bullshit like you don't come into my inbox and tell me hey hire me uh have some have some tact yeah go ahead and shoot your shot but don't be you're not the one you don't get to throw your your shot respectfully and maybe maybe just find out like hey uh, i'm really interested in this could i possibly submit my reel for consideration like be polite hey and for the love of god we're humans do not like we have we're busy we're so busy like Take t- have some patience with us, and like again, treat us like we're human beings. We're very fragile. Like hentai voice actors are very stressed out all the time. We have a lot of really stressful content. <laughs> but for younger me, um, I don't really have a whole lot because, unfortunately, like my situation is super unique. Uh, just given like the tact of like how things worked out for me, I was just in the right place at the right time with the right amount of fucking degeneracy. But network, make stuff. You know, if you're not, because the talent pools are so tight right now, if you can't find gigs, there's plenty of other ways to do this. Do, like, audio dramas. Um, reading smut novels is super popular. And remember, anime is not the be-all, end-all. Um, that should not be your sole goal as a voice actor, especially if you're trying to make a living doing this, because <laughs> voice acting in anime don't pay that no, much. Burger was very, very upfront about that. <laughs> yeah. Go into directing. That is where the money is. Or, you know... <laughs> Not much more, but there's... If you do both, like, you can you can almost live comfortably. There's other types of voice um, work, too. There's, like, commercials. Exactly. There's, uh, audio narration is really... Like, narration's really big. Commercial work. Like, again, don't audiobooks. always view anime as, like, the biggest thing. Yeah. Like I said, the smut novels, like, reading like reading Arrow, like, is super big right now. Um, And really, just kind of have fun with it like voice acting should always be fun uh if you ever feel like it's a tedium 
I, I've heard it. of like recently there's like um, people who have been commissioning voice actors out there again that's the whole gig economy thing uh, to do like audio renditions of their like either fan fiction or original fiction that they put like on archive of <laughs> our own or something like that and yep. it pays pretty well because you can pay like I think is it is it sometimes you can pay per hour or per line or whatever it happens to be yeah per finished hour or per line are usually like the common ones for like novel reading but the point is don't stress yourself if you're not getting into anime like don't feel like you're less than like as a voice actor like if you're acting and you're using your voice you're a voice actor uh take aspiring out of your goddamn title please (laughs) because nothing makes me just roll my eyes and be like all right you have no self-confidence and here's the thing to be sexy you must have confidence yes and to be confident you must not necessarily be sexy I would say I feel like that is a I know some really confident, unsexy motherfuckers. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. Everybody's sexy in their own way. Just maybe not to me. Uh well, be careful when you say that too. You might give the wrong person the wrong type of confidence. Motherfucker, I hope you do. <laughs> Say that to someone who comes to you at a uh, convention and suddenly they they're in your garden outside watching you sleep. I mean, yeah, right. Ooh, I'm in your walls. <laughs> uh oh. No, like jokes on them. I kickbox for 15 years. Ooh. I I hope Damn. you do. <laughs> hope you like that foot fetish because you're gonna be eating that bad boy in a minute. <sighs> you know who you're talking to. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me let me let me, let me let me go put it away. Goal? Just give me a second. <laughs> Jeez, my boy is bricked Why up over there. Why do I hear rustling in my bushes over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's in our in our Discord server. Everyone always makes fun. I do have a foot fetish. I don't lie about that shit. It's okay. A lot of people do, and like I'll be honest, it's really funny because like for some reason people like they see that mafuyu clip and i've become like the patron saint of foot jobs and hentai it's really funny there is a reason i've seen it many many times <laughs> i mean mafuyu is best girl but yeah no like for some reason i am like the deity of 2d foot jobs it is hysterical hey, it's a good foot job though it is like she uses her toes just so like again it's not for me but i can appreciate the art that went into it and whoever drew that was absolutely <laughs> also about uses it. the we perfect, can appreciate the artistry the perfect amount of lube <laughs> oh, i think I'm, I'm i'm out of questions that i i wanted to ask um <laughs> Unless, do you have any stories that you want to tell? Like any crazy stories from the booth or from the director's chair or? So I will part on this one. And this is one that I've told everywhere. If you've ever listened to any interview, you already know what's coming. So my first day at Kitty Media. So I told you I recorded my audition. They're like, hey, do you want to work on the show? And the rest was history. Not exactly. So I lived on Long Island, um, which the studio is based in New Jersey. So to do, to get there, you have to take the train from Long Island, through the city, switch in Manhattan to the New Jersey Transit, and go to New Jersey. Pretty easy peasy. Get, you know, get up at like 4 a.m. because I'm so fucking excited and I would be there for 8. Get on the train, get to, get to New York, switch to New Jersey Transit, get to Newark. So I had talked to the, the studio owner, uh, John, and he was like, yeah, I'll be there to pick you up at blah, blah, blah time. Um, I'll have, I'll have like a paper sign in the window so you know it's me. What, unfortunately, Brittany failed to tell me was this motherfucker drives a white windowless van. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, jeez. Did it so say free imagine, candy on the side? 
Imagine bright-eyed, bushy-tailed young Yara ready to start her porn career gets off the fucking New Jersey train and sees a white windowless van with a sign Yara in the window. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> fuck. Hey, kid, I start get te- in the van. I start texting Brittany. And I'm like, so what? Uh, does this man really drive a white windowless van? She's like, oh, yeah, sorry, forgot to tell you. Mother, <laughs> it seems like critical information. That is critical information you were not given. <laughs> So, and despite all of, like, my stranger danger training in, like, fifth grade, I'm like, okay, I want money, and I go and get in the windowless van. Now, it gets funnier, because if you haven't seen the CEO of Media Blasters, John Cirabella, he looks just like Mark Hamill. Like, So imagine getting in a windowless van with Mark Hamill. When you say Mark <laughs> Hamill, do you mean, like, OG trilogy Mark Hamill or current day Mark no, Hamill? No, like, mo- like, mo- like modern oh. Mark Hamill, because this Again, this is an adult man. Uh, this is not like some sad young twink. <laughs> so, honestly, I feel like a, a twink driving a windowless van is even scarier. But, so I get in the van against all of my self-preservation. So, we go around, you know, we drive to the studio. The studio is on, like, the third floor of this industrial building in this place called Belleville. Belleville is a really tired, sleepy little town that used to be a lot of, like, metalworking and shit like that. So, they use about half of the floor, the third floor of this giant building the other half used to be a metalworking facility and they never cleaned it out so there are first of all they're like 12 foot security chain link fences just around the floor like normal and behind it is all the former like metalworking stuff like band saws and like <laughs> pieces of rebar and i'm sitting here like i'm walking down this hallway there are tears welling up in my eyes and i'm just furiously texting Brittany. i'm like if i die i'm fucking haunting you i'm about to be skinned and sold because all i see are these rusty fucking metal saws and like broken light fixtures and i'm just like oh my god i just wanted to voice anime porn <laughs> and then open the door walk through normal studio like just super normal <laughs> like you know cute little carpeted booth like nice you know big monitor setup like everything's super professional i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> so i get through my session and again it's really weird because again i've never like done i've never done any voice acting like no classes no funzy like convention bullshit this is my first time ever voice acting and i'm in a professional studio and i'm like holy shit so i record I get back, I go back through the fucking death hall, I get in the windowless van, I get taken back to the train, I get on the train, get home, sit down on my bed, and I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and they're like, hey, we loved you, do you want to come back for the next show? I have never texted yes back faster than anything in my life. <laughs> <laughs> just forget about all that trauma, like, oh yeah, no, 100%, so- it was super great. <laughs> to be fair, like, now, if people have to go to the studio, I warn them. I warn them. And also, we have gotten rid of the windowless van. We now have a nice windowed SUV. Nice. Okay, so. but I feel like that's, like, a rite of passage <laughs> where it's like, hey, you young I kind of the windowless at- van. <laughs> I kind of miss the murder, but the murder part of the building is still there, so. You know, you could have, you could have just purchased the van yourself and turned it into, a, a like, a roaming uh, recording studio. Just got like a sick like in, like you know how in the seventies they always had like the really sick murals on the yes. side of a van. Oh yeah. Like one of those, but like a Bible black one, yes. and, and like but put like the sick fucking like wizard hat and dragons oh, and could shit take on it, it around to like conventions <laughs> like, and shit for the car shows. Had it like black light ready. Hell yeah. But yeah, that's my fun story about that. Um, I think that's really my only main story. I have shit to plug for you if you want. But yeah, that's my big favorite. Like, that's my favorite conversation story. <laughs> I, hey, that's a hell of a conversation <laughs> story. Yeah, that's a great fucking story, I gotta say. I, I got it. My, my first day at my current job, nothing like that. 
Yeah, it's it it it's, it was something. Uh, that's <laughs> I like John. Do you have any other questions you want to ask Yara before we uh, close this out? No, um, we went over everything actually. Yep, surprisingly. surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> and and all in less than an hour and a half. Holy shit! Baba booey. Baba booey. All right. Well, uh, if you do have anything uh, to plug, Yara, go ahead. Anything you're working on? Any any the pe- how people can find you? Where you upload content? Yeah. So uh, for most of my stuff, like you can find me over on Twitter at YadaNikaVO. Um, I stream occasionally. I don't really stream to Twitch anymore. I do stream on Joystick, which is extremely not safe for work. Uh, sometimes my boobs come out. It's pretty great. That is nice. Joystick.tv slash U slash YadaNikaVO. Um, if you're looking for a more 3D experience and you have some patience, uh, this December, I want to say it is the second weekend of December, I will be at Etchy Expo. Uh, I will be guesting there. You can come buy prints, get a signature, get a fist bump. Not getting fisted. <laughs> um, please do not ask me to. Please do not ask me to spit in your mouth. Uh, I'll give you a foot job. Yeah, if you ask me for a foot job, you're absolutely getting your head knocked off. Um, but yeah, uh, I will be at Etchy Expo, and I think those are really my big ones. Um, again, Project Melody and Not Between Worlds is on Patreon under Big Bang Studio, uh, on Twitter at Big Bang Studio 69. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very clever with that naming. Um, and yeah, my Twitter's really the best place to find updates. Um, I usually post when we are doing casting announcements. Um, where to buy our stuff is Right Stuff Anime. Just look up Kitty Media or Media Blasters. All of our shit's there. Uh, they're very good with their packaging. So Awesome. Yeah, that, well, that's mine. <laughs> I don't want to speak for Natai, who wasn't able to join us uh, tonight, but I, I'd like to think I speak for him when I say that you're welcome back on any time, Yara. <laughs> It was wonderful having you. Oh, my pleasure. We'll have to do it again. Uh, Something that we do monthly is we do an episode of our podcast called The WTF. It's way more laid back. It's like we just talk about whatever has been on our mind the last month or so. So if you ever want to join us for that, you are more than welcome. Oh, sure. I'm always down to shoot the shit. I've always got like I'm full of fun stories about uh, working in the biz. All right. Well, uh, thank you uh, for taking time out of your day, your evening to uh, to join us. It was absolutely wonderful having you here. Um, and thank you, everyone out there, for dropping in to listen to us. Check the description below to find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, on social media, and on uh, Discord. Uh, check out our merch store as well. Any purchases you make there do really, really help us out. With that, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, y'all. Bye. Good night. Ara ara. <laughs>